Anybody else here big fans of other sports outside of MMA? I definitely grew up watching a ton of basketball and playing pretty much every other sport from the age of five. But since I started getting into MMA, I've definitely focused way more on just that one a lot more. Curious to hear from you all on that one, but as you look around, you quickly begin to notice some pretty stark differences between our beloved sport and most of the other big ones out there. And the closer you look, I'm sure you've noticed plenty of- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly, Tilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Things that we could start doing in MMA right now. So with that being said, I'm Jason from MMA on Point. A big, big shout out to our Hall of Famers that support this channel. Thank you guys so much. And today I'm breaking down the things that MMA really needs to take from other sports. So let's start off with institutions. And yeah, it makes sense to start from the literal beginning. And what do I mean by this? Well, when you look at pretty much every other major sport in the world, those sports programs begin with your schooling. For me, I was playing t-ball at age five and it led right into the school system. And of course, if you're good enough, this leads directly from grade school into university, which is then funneled directly into a major sports league. Meaning basically by the time these guys are around 22, the level of athlete has been honed for literally decades from their scholastic or institutional environments. And so then you might be wondering to yourself, am I actually advocating for full contact fights between kids at age five? Hell no. One of the other hosts on this channel, Balian, you should know him by now, and I do commentary for Full Contact Contender on Fight Pass. And to me, it's really impressive how they have done this for their juniors league. The stand-up, for instance, is handled much more safely than some of the Taekwondo tournaments my older brother would attend in middle school. There's no strikes to the head at all, period. No, no kicks, nothing like that. You cannot hit someone in the face, the head, any of it. So it's as safe as traditional martial arts. It's the exact same thing you would see in karate. And you're definitely not getting the kind of concussions people get at age nine playing American football. And in terms of grappling, it's just like BJJ tournaments that kids can do safely now across the entire planet. I don't think anyone's protesting the grappling aspect of it. I do understand though, a lot of people would not be on board with this, but non-combat Sambo is probably the best example of mixing all the arts without striking with more of a junior style kind of setup. In non-combat Sambo, it focuses on grappling techniques from the wrestling and submission arts. And towards the later years of adolescence, that's when most would begin to transition into striking combat if they so choose. Definitely don't have to do that in the school system. You could save that for university. By then it's an adult decision, right? And yeah, I know we're a long way off from this, but if we could somehow get this going for even just a few states or areas around the world, the talent would be far more competitive by the time they ever get to one of these major leagues. The next one, naturally, we're all fans, right? Better fan events. 
I'll, I'll tell you a story. I remember when I used to live in Indianapolis, I went to an Indiana Pacers NBA game with some of my friends. And by that point, I wasn't regularly watching the sport like I did when I was a kid. But one thing I noticed pretty immediately was just how much stuff they were doing during the games to keep everyone entertained. Even just for a moment, immediately, there was a t-shirt cannon going off from the sidelines or some sort of giveaway, trivia, whatever it was. In comparison, when you go to a UFC fight, there's almost nothing that happens in between fights. I guess I'll go get another beer. I think it's more of a small microcosm of what you would see in the MMA space more generally. For instance, Tom and I went to UFC 239, which yes, was that famous event where Masvidal need Ben Askren, but that was International Fight Week. This was a year before the pandemic, so it had no effect on Fight Week whatsoever. And I'd never been to one before, so I was super interested, super psyched, and I just remembered being really disappointed when I actually got there. Their Hall of Fame was held. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At the Palms in Las Vegas, which had two very good personalities and speakers that night in Rashad Evans and Michael Bisbing that were inducted. But I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because it was such a small venue. It just felt anticlimactic. The guys were great with their speeches, but I'm sorry to say that the most entertaining moment was when an earthquake from California sent some tremors down to Las Vegas that briefly interrupted everything. The atmosphere was off. It felt like I was in a library. And don't get me wrong, I'll give the UFC a ton of credit for stepping up their game in recent years, especially with the 2023 Hall of Fame. It was much bigger than it was when I went. And they also brought back the Fan Expo, which I think is way better than what they had in 2019. So I'll give them some credit for sure. And I know they try to do stuff before every event they put on, but I think it's definitely time for some bigger convention style events like what the NBA does for All-Star Weekend or how about the NFL, what they do for the Super Bowl Village. It's got a long way to grow from its current state to be anything that rivals those other leagues, but I'm happy to see some changes being made, but I think it's about time they put a little bit more focus into these events. Then another idea is teams. You might be asking yourself, what are you talking about? Teams? How would that work for MMA? Maybe like the IFL back in the day? It's a California clash as the Southern California Condors scratch it out with the San Jose Razor Claws. Intense. Fearless. Brutal. Can you feel it? Pain is nothing but weakness leaving the body. Uh, no, that's not what I mean. There are so many big MMA gyms around the world already that serve as hotspots for athletes to build up these strong team environments and hone each other's skills. And sure, not everyone lives close to one, but there's nothing to stop them from being recruited and fulfilling some minimal requirements if they want to do that. They don't have to, it would just be an option. And okay, why though? What good would that do for anybody? Well, let's just think about the benefits it brings athletes in the NFL or NBA, for example. Number one, these fighters actually have someone else that is a large organization to help negotiate on their behalf who knows what they are doing to protect the fighters and they actually have a little bit of power because there are all these different teams. The UFC can just leave one fighter in the dark very easily. They're just one guy. And on the athlete side of things, most of them just want to focus on being the best athlete they can possibly be. 
Who could blame them? That's their entire job. So fighters can get better contracts, and this in turn means the rank and file have more of an incentive to want to become an MMA fighter in the first place. I mean, there is zero secret out there that money is a massive motivator for every athlete in every sport around the world that has that, and that includes base salary levels. It's not even the top-level guys. These top-level leagues pay really well right out the gate. And on the fan side, what does this mean for you? Well, teams do a lot to help a sport grow. I mean, just think of how many diehard fans there are that go to support a team year in, year out, bad times or good, and it creates real rivalries that fans have a stake in. Kind of like the season of Tough that put the then-Black Zillions against ATT. It was one of the cooler concepts the show's ever done with a bit of fan participation, this could have been much, much bigger. But beyond that, it's just a super practical way to even out the dynamic between fighters and the promotion a bit. And by all means, if no gym or fighter wants to do it, they don't have to. It would just be an option. And from there, that logically leads us to something like a players association. So let me say something somewhat controversial here, depending on who you are. I actually unironically love the structure of the UFC. I love that you have a solid streamline that you can watch from the contender series or some of the great feeder leagues that go directly into the UFC, and you have this linear path you can follow and track the sport, at least at that level. Even the names of events are really basic, but I love the obvious linear progression as well. You can really watch people come up to the NCAA system all the way to the NFL, NBA, whatever it is. By contrast, though, we just did a video with Balian on Izzy's time in China. You should really check it out. He did a great job. If you go and look at Izzy's kickboxing record, they only show like 10 fights. But when he talks about it or you look at his record as it's displayed on television broadcast with glory or glory of heroes, there's definitely a lack of tracking for these fights. You just can't find really anything on these easily. And for boxing, it's more so disjointed that as someone who is more of a casual to boxing like myself, I wouldn't even really know where to begin on getting a baseline of where the next talent is coming from. It's easy to track the stars where they are, but it's not as simple. MMA is just so much better at this, and part of the reason why is because it's easy to follow. So all that being said, I understand that a players association or team representation might seem like it could just turn the UFC or MMA at large into one of these more unstructured sports in ways that I admittedly do not like. But that's why I'm saying I don't want it either. I'm acknowledging that up front. The best case scenario in my view of it is still one organization, one top league, but many franchises underneath it like the team sports do in NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, you name it. All of the big American leagues have this. So instead, it's not a bunch of leagues fighting for the number one spot and all the top fighters, but instead it's the franchises that work for and against each other, creating a competitive marketplace that benefits everybody. And the Players Association is the next big step beyond that. It unifies the teams and the athletes together so that they can actually get a piece of their own merch, TV rights, gaming rights. It works for all the major sport leagues out there and would absolutely work for MMA with the right structuring, in my opinion. I mean, hell, the WWE is also a third-party contractor set up like what the UFC has, and sure enough, yeah, they still get royalties. They still get cash that's sold on the back of their name. The point is, if you give the fighters just a little bit of stake in these things, the motivation to make something they like and naturally you'll like because you're a fan of them means you'll probably want to buy their stuff. People respond well to things like commission when they know they can gain a fuck ton from it. Here's a bit of a controversial one. 
more capable media. So a lot of you out there hate MMA media, right? Not a fan? Well, what if I told you it used to be like a lot better? For many reasons in fans' minds, guys like Helwani get a lot of shtick out there. I understand that's your feeling about it, but hear me out. Let's say you do hate him and the Luke Thomases of the world. You can dislike anybody you want and you have your own good reasons to do so. I am by no means trying to convince you otherwise. But think about some of the recent press conferences you've seen. I smelled some weed earlier. Was that you backstage smoking? Man, I smelled it as soon as I came out here. You guys. Valentina, how long would it take for you and your sister to send Jake and Logan Paul to that place where time does not exist? WWE, UFC merger, one umbrella. Past or present, professional wrestling. If you could take one person with a steel chair to the skull, who would it be? Or UFC fighter, wrestling ring. No comment. I'm trying not to get in trouble. Any other stupid questions? And then that other fucking idiot gets up there and goes, now that the WWE deal is done, who would you like to hit with a fucking chair? You, motherfucker. That's what we like. Fuck <laughs> up. Are you enjoying these press conferences more than you used to? And that's kind of my point. The questions were just objectively better and you would get better answers out of the athletes. Back then you used to have journalists that weren't held by the balls by the UFC and I think we have a ton of them that are not, that are really great that are out there, but you have to absolutely stroke the president of the UFC to go to events. Uh, I see where this is fucking going. What the fuck are you asking me right now? Probably the worst thing about being a UFC fan in 2023 are those damn pay-per-view prices. Of course, I'm speaking from an American perspective because they are currently at $80 a pay-per-view. This is something you'll do once most months and even twice on some other months. And seemingly every year as of late, it's been increasing by $5 every time January rolls around. And I want to be clear, as everyone knows, there are zero ways around this. Look at that door, dude. See that door right there? One Mark Pirate, you think a pirate lives in there? I mean, Brendan Chop ratted it out and Dana found that one guy who was doing it. All you have to do is turn it on on Saturday and we got you, fucker. So there's not a single method left. In all sincerity though, MMA fans that do pay for the events on a monthly basis are spending thousands to watch it in the span of just one year. And when you think of the bigger sports, sure there are plenty of ways you can rack up your own cash spending if you really wanna watch every single game. But I mean, especially for the big games, the Super Bowl, that's not happening on pay-per-view, the World Series, NBA Finals, whatever the hell hockey or soccer does. Virtually all that happens on major television. You're not paying an $80 fee on top of everything else to do so. And I get it, this is called prize fighting. Everyone wants a piece of that pay-per-view. But this is why giving fighters a piece of the ads will do well for most fighters. I mean, is anyone in these major sports complaining that they're losing out on pay-per-view points? No, the ad revenue is spectacular. There's so many people watching. And WWE has grown despite ditching their pay-per-view model. That's what the UFC was partially based on. And of course, for that end, the massive stars that can still pull the numbers like prize-fighting boxers, no problem. Put those people on pay-per-view. The big stars, they'll sell well. That makes a ton of sense. And that will just make the fights more special. People will be more willing to buy it because they haven't had to do so every month leading up to it. For instance, Shevchenko and Grasso are fighting on TV instead of pay-per-view this very week. That can still be the case for most fights that aren't huge sellers anyway. And by far, this is my top one. So I'm putting this entry out just after the second UFC card in Paris. For those who didn't see it, a fighter by the name of Gumori, after many were confident that he had just lost the first two rounds, had this happen. Oh, 
fight. That's it. That's it. He's calling it. But the referee shouldn't have called it like that. The referee should have let it no. continue. Fight on. He called it a loss to the guy. This was not a bad kick to the dick. It was completely inconsequential, and a break for a few seconds, it could have continued. So yeah, that might be why I'm focusing on this at the end of this video. This is the kind of thing that you come to expect every single time the UFC goes to another state or another country that they haven't been to very often. Or in the case of Houston, every single time they go there, the whole MMA community collectively gulps like James Krause when he reads the words gambling in prison in the same sentence. So how do we solve this nonsense? Well, I think it's pretty simple. One commission. That's it. For small government people, they'll definitely be against a federal commission, which I fully understand. But in this case, I think there's an exception because it is not small government as is. The kind of regulations that are put on MMA and boxing are just ridiculous. For instance, I'm the co-owner of this fine YouTube channel with my partner, Tom. And imagine if we had to upload a different version of our video for every single state. That's essentially what the UFC, Bellator, all these organizations have to do. In my mind, this is not smaller government. 50 hoops to jump through is insanely ridiculous for a business owner. But even if that doesn't convince you that's totally fine, I'll say sure. Let's just do one single private commission. Either way, it's better than what we have now. A single commission that sanctions everything, which therefore means they'll have the ability to completely staff events just like the other states do or countries because they'll get all that funding. And of course, the biggest thing here is consistency, consistency of the judging the refing, medicals, and any other aspect, enough of this silly nonsense. And by the way, if you're worried about health regulations and things like that, the NFL does this just fine. They're not run by the government for their officiating either. So yeah, that was a really fun one to put together. I mean, when you look around other leagues, you definitely start to wonder why aren't we doing that? And uh, I think all of these examples today were pretty good ones. And I'm sure you'll think of plenty other ones as well. So let me know what you thought of mine. Let me know how you disagreed. I totally welcome that. And also, yeah, let me know what you have in mind, what you think should be talked about. And for the love of God, don't say day of weigh-ins. People will still cut weight. It will not be good for them. Watch my video on the hydration for one championship and you'll really learn about that. And that's why I'm against their system as well, because there's too many ways to cheat it. But yeah, before I close out on this one, I want to give a massive shout out to all the Hall of Famers and champions. We literally did a writer's meeting on this topic. It was a live stream just for them. Uh, that we did and we had a chance to talk about this idea and I got to flesh it out and debate it with members and all that kind of stuff. You guys can join in on that. If you hate our ideas, if you love our ideas, come and tell us why it's shit or come and tell us why it's great. That's usually every Monday or Tuesday on the channel if you're a member at the Champion or Hall of Famer level. And then of course, if you guys have seen our discussion pieces, we do uncut versions of those completely uncensored the same day that those uploads go up for the short condensed version. So check that out if you're interested. Really good content. Appreciate all of you for supporting us. Really appreciate it. And beyond that, feel free to like and subscribe if you really enjoyed what you saw today. We upload a bunch more videos a week. We really enjoy this. This is our job for a reason. We love it. Plenty of value in it if you do subscribe. Um, and yeah, like I said, comment below. Tell me what you think about this video, anything that's said or anything that should have been said. And uh, I'll see you on the next video. Peace.